I loved the, the stuff that I did because it was something that I was really strong at. But it didn't light me up. It didn't give me joy. It didn't give me that sort of warm heart feeling. And what I found is that Welcome to Finding Your Spark again. I am so glad you were able to come and meet with me here today on the podcast. I feel really elated to be able to bring to you Keely Woolley. She is a coach, trainer, international speaker, co-author, business and business strategy and program delivery executive. And one of the big things that I'm so happy to be able to be doing here today with Keely is to talk about how we can use this question of why what is our why, which is very popular and it's not very popular for me. So it will be a very interesting conversation uh, to really fuel that uh, trajectory into joy. So welcome, Keely. And thank you for inviting me along. I'm uh, really pleased to be on your uh, show. So yeah, looking forward to it and intrigued. Excellent. Well, you know, this question of purpose. So I'm, I'm big on purpose. I think purpose is, uh, for me, there's a really big difference between these two words, right? This question of purpose and why, but for some people, they're really the same thing. And, um, so why for me, just to sort of clarify that the why is very, um, uh, direct relationship. We're asking a direct relationship. What is your direct relationship between why you're doing something and that you're doing it? Whereas to have a purpose, I feel like is a very broad statement. It's something bigger uh, for me than, than why. Why am I doing it? Right? Because why implies that there's one reason as opposed to having a larger purpose. And then there's a whole bunch of whys, right? There's little things that along the way that propel us forward. But this idea of purpose, I think, is really integrally uh, connected to joy. And so I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on what purpose does for us. So, yeah, it's a, an interesting perspective there. I, I think that's great because, I, I mean, for me, I do think they are interrelated um, about whether you're truly living your why and um, in terms of, you know, how that relates to your purpose. But um, ultimately, for me, with purpose, the important thing about that is, does it give you a warm heart feeling? And what do I mean by that? And it's exactly as you say, does it give you joy? Does it make you smile? Does it help you to not have those sleepless nights does it enable you to feel even more fulfilled and successful whether that's in life personally or professionally and it's all about making sure that they're aligned to your beliefs and your values so for me I think in order to know your purpose you do need to know your why because it's rather like not knowing uh, what your direction is so um, it's there's a lot of people that know the what and the how so are you, are you, are those two words the same for you? The why and the purpose or how, yes. how do they differentiate? Yeah, they're the same. Yeah. For me, they, they are. Um, yeah. it's like, well, it's why do you exist as a human? 
What gives you passion? What gives you purpose in life? What gives you joy? What gives you that warm heart feeling? What mm. makes you smile? Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and, you know, there's so many people I see, they do things because they're good at it, but it doesn't give them joy. And you can see it doesn't give them joy because you don't see that light. You don't see them shine. So I know you work with people also on sort of the downside of what happens when you don't have that joy, when you're not able to tap into that warm hearted feeling. Uh, and, and so tell us a little bit about what are those, uh, what does that look like when people can't do that? Well, I'll use myself as an example. So up until uh, two and a half years ago, I was working with in a corporate environment. I had been for 23 years and I thought I was doing something that I loved. I thought that I was doing something that I was passionate about. What I loved about the place that I worked there was that I loved the people. Um, I loved the fact that you had great opportunities. I loved the the stuff that I did because it was something that I was really strong at. But it didn't light me up. It didn't give me joy. It didn't give me that sort of warm heart feeling. And what I found is that I was in an environment where I was trying to prove myself. I was in a leadership team, which was all men, and I felt that I had to prove myself amongst that uh, that team of people. I felt that I had to behave in a way that was probably incongruent to me and the way I actually felt. So I was behaving in a way that didn't suit me. It didn't make me shine. It didn't make me smile. And because of that, you end up doing loads and loads of things. You're volunteering all of the time because you're trying to prove yourself to others and trying to look good and trying to prove that you're capable and that you do have a seat at the table. And the result of that means is that you're spinning plates all the time. And particularly, I mean, anybody that's a a housewife, a mother, you know, working in a full-time job will know that when you're spinning those plates all the time, you're just constantly running at 100 miles an hour. Your brain's going at 100 miles an hour and you're not having a chance to breathe. And because you're doing all those things, you're not you're not really enjoying life. You know, you're on tender hooks. You're, you're perhaps snippy, shooting from the hip. You're responding in a way that is not what, you, you know, it doesn't give you joy. <laughs> so. so you bring up this concept of um, outside in, right? Really looking at the world uh, as if you are um someone else and saying gee what do i look like from the outside how do how do people perceive me and what does that mean to them and what does that mean not just to them but to then what they'll do for me right what avenues will open for me how i get from this part of the corporate ladder to that part of the corporate ladder right is how do i please these people over here um and what is pleasing to others and I'm really glad you bring that up because I feel like when we look at ourselves from the outside looking in, we are in a position to really tell a lot of lies to ourselves, right? Because we have no real information, right? It's not a position we know one thing about, but it is something that we suppose a lot about. Um, And uh, yeah, so that's a really interesting uh, position because I find that unless you're willing to look at you through your eyes, which is really how you're going to tap into that, how do I feel? Do I get the warm hearted feeling, right? Am I going to be able to foster that in myself? Then 
what other people think of you is elusive. And, and it does change the perception. And what you think people perceive you as isn't necessarily what is real. You know, I thought I was showing up as being this sort of high-flying professional that was doing really well and doing successful and all those kind of things. But because I wasn't behaving in a way that was congruent to me, I was actually behaving in a way that didn't show me as a true leader. And and what do I mean by that? So I'll give you an example. And I and I share this a few times with people is that I used to, in the leadership team meeting, is that I might have this really fantastic idea and I have loads of energy and I'd say, oh, you know, what we could do is A, B, C and D. And then um, I'd get this sort of blank look and then I'd try and explain it in another way and I'd get another blank look and then I'd try and explain it in another way. And then after a while, I'd just think, oh, God, what's the point? No one's listening. And then five minutes later, like someone next to me would almost word for word repeat what I'd say and I'd be like, are you chuffing kidding me? It's just I've been trying to say this for like the last half an hour. And because it was an event that would happen again and again and again, I'd then get frustrated and I'd start behaving emotional because the, the emotional brain kicks in, the monkey in the head that's whispering in your ear. And instead of being able to respond in a constructive way, I would be reacting in a destructive way, which made me show up as not as a leader. It made me show up as someone that was emotional. And of course, it would be, there she goes again, you know, the emotional one, you know. And they didn't outwardly say it out loud, but I'm sure that that's how I did show up to them. Whereas if I'd have actually changed, had a chance to actually look at myself outside and and one of the key things that I do is sort of monitor, you know, I ask people to sort of monitor their stress patterns. I ask people to monitor, you know, some of their stress indicators and what was the cause of it? What was happening at that particular time? How did they show, you know, how did they reveal their self? What, what was you doing? Who was you with? All those kind of things. Because I learned that I needed to ask those questions of myself in those situations and say, right, if the actual situation was different, not my emotional head, but my logical head, how could I behave in a better way? How could I respond that's in a better way? And there are people that all the time that you know them, you're never going to change who they are, but you can change how you behave to a situation. So with that, I learned techniques that I could have responded in a different way and shown up as a leader and not emotional. And they're the good things about learning to look in yourself <laughs> outside in <laughs> yeah that's great um so uh, you really bring up this concept of awareness right when we raise our awareness of our own uh emotional story what's happening in my body so i talk a lot about uh on the podcast and elsewhere about above the line and below the line um, emotions. And for me, that's a really tangible thing. And the reason that it's tangible is that I'm actually asking you to tap into what your body is doing, right? So below the line is where those stress chemicals are being made in our bodies. And above the line is where those really good feeling non-stress related endorphins are being made in our bodies, right? So, and, and other, uh, and other hormones and chemicals. Um, but, uh, you know, when we are really aware 
what's happening? Like you said about your clients, what is happening inside your body at that moment? What does it feel like when somebody says that to you? What happens here? And then sort of get control of that. Um, it gives you this incredible ability because you're aware to be in in conscious control of what your yeah. next thing is, right? Like you said, respond, you know, yeah. now I can respond rather yeah. than be in a cycle of reaction. Yeah. Perpetual frustration or anxiety or stress or, you know, almost like, oh, why is it every time they do that? Well, instead of it being, why do they do that? Change it around to well, how can I respond differently? I take back full control. I have power of the situation because I've got 100% control of it rather than zero power, zero control and behaving in a way that's irrational or emotional or emotive. And the thing is, is then you then get frustrated with yourself for responding in that way because you know that you're going to do it and you think, well, why did I do that? Because you can almost feel it happening. And you're just like, so, okay, then. So if you're going to an event where you know that there might be that one person in the room that pushes your buttons because of things that they do, well, they're always going to push your buttons if you allow that to happen. But if you know that that person does it, is that you can go ahead beforehand and think, right, okay, then how can I respond to this in a better way? So it doesn't frustrate me. It doesn't cause me anxiety. It doesn't cause me stress. (laughs) You know, and you can almost smile to yourself because you've taken control of yourself in that situation and you're showing up better. So (laughs) nice. So here we are. We've raised our awareness of what we're doing, how we're participating now, where does the that sense of purpose come into the story? The why? So that's the interesting thing. So, I mean, obviously, for me, my first step is always focusing on the stress side of it and how you can manage that. But not everybody is in a stress situation. They just want to rediscover their why. So for me, the rediscovering their why or their purpose and what gives them joy and passion it it is around storytelling, but the storytelling is starting from when they are the youngsters. You know what what is it about certain situations and events that was more meaningful for them, whether it's positive or negative. But what was it about those situations? What was it about those events? What was it about that particular time that made it even more memorable than any other time? And when you're going through all of those different questions and all those different um, stories and everything like that, you start to see, again, a pattern coming through, a theme coming through. And that's when you start discovering what it is about that person that really connects them to their why, their purpose. And it also aligns with their values, you know, what their values are, what their beliefs are, what really, really drives them. So that's what the the whole why feeling is about. It's that rediscovering and being able to establish what, yeah, what connects you, what what gives you joy, what taps into here (laughs) and to here. (laughs) That's great. So you mentioned going back to childhood. Can you tell me what what is the purpose in that? Why why do we go uh, why do we tell the story from birth on in in this exercise? Yeah, so it's not necessarily birth, but it might be, you know, memories of you know, events that may have a specific 
connection where it might be you know uh, for instance you know they, they might uh, might be a holiday location that they've gone to every single year but one specific holiday time that they went so you might have gone to Cornwall every single year but there might be one time that one time that it meant something more than any other time and it could be to do with someone that's there it could be to do with something that you did it could have been done something to do with what was being said you start asking questions about related things associated to that situation so it might be well what was it about that event that you, you liked you know it might have been a joyful feeling it might have been that you was helping someone it might have been that someone inspired you at that particular situation and you know you quite often you start seeing sort of themes and patterns that come through mine is around helping people it's about inspiring others it's um you know helping others to have those sort of eureka moments and seeing those light shines in their eyes you know and everything that I did was always about helping people so for me I knew the common theme was about inspiration was about joy it was about um you know helping others to achieve success you know, I like helping others to achieve success. So it's all about that. So when you're going through those different stories, and some of them can be not so positive stories, but it's, well, what is it about those situations? One of my clients is all about establishing their own um, well-being and having freedom. And when you're going through a lot of their stuff, it's about their well-being, freedom and being in control of their own destiny. And you'll see it. Every single story, there's a theme and a pattern goes all the way through every story they've got. And it, those three words would have come up is um, being in control of your destiny, your well-being and freedom. Let's talk a little bit about how that, how knowing that Mm-hmm. Uh, has an impact on your ability to release some of the things that are blockages and move into a state of joy. Interesting question is that when you're actually going through the process, um, when I t- turn around and say, you know, this eureka moment, this light shine suddenly come on, and you do actually physically see it happen, you you see the moment when you see them suddenly go, Okay, I get it now. And they they realise what it is that they want, what it is that they need and what really gives them purpose and what gives them passion. And then they're able to start going on to this journey. Like the next step is being able to sort of build upon their sort of values and uh, what their beliefs are. So they can then start working on, well, what is it that they really want to do? What is it that really gives them joy and uh, gives them triggers? So there might be something that they're really good at. It might be something that they've forgotten they were good at. It might be something that they really, really enjoy doing. I mean, one of my clients, she actually forgot um, that one of the things that she loved doing with her grand was being creative. And she'd always said to herself that she would want to do sort of make clothing and be creative all around those kind of things. And she ended up on, like I said, she ended up on this path in somewhere where it's creative, but she wasn't doing the creativity. What she was doing was the business side. And she'd forgotten that. She'd forgotten the things that really gave her joy and the creativity was the bit that she wanted. So she's now gone back down to the route of actually doing what she loves. Um, And she's creating, um, you know, she's turning uh, basically used clothing and converting them into clothing that can now be used in a more sustainable way because that's what she's all about, it's sustainability. But she's gone back to her roots of what she loved 
And she'd forgotten all those memories that she had of her grand, all the things that she loved doing. So that's just as an example. So. <laughs> It's a really interesting way to to look at joy. I uh, my practice and uh, my clientele we're very focused on how can we produce that right? How can we do that on purpose right? Be joyous on purpose, and um, and this is an interesting way of sort of tapping in. How do I want to do that? How do I? How can I um, reach for? being more more joyous uh using the material things that that we have here on the planet earth right so that's really interesting so so now i understand you are a, a published author and uh and an international speaker can you tell us a little bit about that story for you how did that come about and what's your primary message there uh so that was quite an interesting thing actually so um when i um was first uh, made redundant from the corporate company that i was with i as i said i started um, doing consultancy um which is the bit that it doesn't give me so much joy it pays my bills but it doesn't give so much joy but um Whilst I was going through that journey and I was trying to build a framework, because what I was trying to do is build a framework to help uh, CEOs and leaders to help them to rediscover their why. Because one of the things that I used to find within the corporate environment is quite often they're going around like busy fools. They're doing the what and the how rather than the why. Um, and because they're not doing the why, it's not clear to the rest of the business and the organisation. So I was trying to create a framework where I could cascade that down. But what I didn't know how to do was to um, share the message in a way that would be clear and, you know, provide clarity. Um, and during this whole process, um, I met this lady through the E&E Circle, Executive Networking Events, a lady called Shelley, uh, a very amazing lady, lots of energy. And um, she contacted me to join this group because I was trying to find a way to reach more people with my consultancy business. And when we went through the process, part of joining it, she also offered me the opportunity to go to Northern Ireland. Um, and um, it was at this castle that they do this um, event at. And part of being at this event at this castle, which is still and has the Earl of Crom living there, so it's as his home, and um, through the process, you had the opportunity to write a chapter in their book, Risk and Reward. And you also had an opportunity to be a speaker at this event and share your story. And um, I said, yeah, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> and she said, but you don't know what it's going to be writing about. I said, I don't care. I said, I'm going to just do it. So I just uh, I went, no, I'll just take a leap of faith and I'll go for it. Um, and as luck would have it, it was actually delayed because of COVID, because it gave me more time. Because just after that, I then joined this um, group called the Professional Speaker Academy with Andy Harrington. And I saw him online um, and uh, he said, you know, because it's really easy to share what a product is. It's harder to share what a service is and be able to communicate it in the right way. And I watched this video with him and I thought, I need to do this. I need this as part of my life. And then I started, I joined the uh, Speak University, did some training with them. 
And then I then joined his speaker academy and I then became one of his ace coaches and I'm now teaching other people and speaking. But through the journey, it gave me the opportunity to, one, write the chapter of my book, which is about the journey I had when I left the company. Um, unfortunately, as you can imagine, I, it was quite a tough time because I not only had to put myself at redundancy, I had to put my team at redundancy, which was probably the hardest thing I've had to do in my life. And it really had an emotional effect on me. Um, I sort of shut down physically and mentally for quite some time, um, which was a bit of a surprise for everybody because they're used to this stalwart character that's always smiling and always working hard and looking after everybody else. And I just went. Um, so I then shared my story about this particular chapter and obviously the next chapter of it was um, meeting Shelley and uh, writing the chapter meeting Andy and doing the speaker academy and then I wrote the chapter of the book and then I then went to the castle in uh, April for the book release and um, did the speaking event that I did my first um international speaking event and um which uh, was also publicized uh, for i think she had at that time about five thousand um members so obviously it would have reached the, the members as well as also the uh, group that's there and also it was with the earl of crom and it gave me the opportunity to interview the earl of crom as well so my first interview ever was with the Earl of Crom, <laughs> which was fantastic. So, yeah, so that was my journey with that. So, um, and I absolutely loved it. It was one of the best things I did. And now I just do speaking events as much as I possibly can. So I went from being terrified of speaking on the stage uh, to really enjoying it. Going in the endorphins, turning the fear into excitement. <laughs> Nice. So you mentioned the the name of the book is Risk and Reward, right? Yeah. And I know that it's focused on business, but I wonder if you can uh, connect for us and for our listeners the the concept of risk and purpose. So how are those two things related? What do they help one another? How do we navigate them? Um. Yeah, that's interesting. Actually, that's a good question because. You know, without uh, taking risks, then quite often you can't achieve your rewards um, and what your purpose is, because you may have a purpose. But unless you're willing to take that leap of faith and take a risk or take a punt at something, then you may never get the opportunity to live your purpose. And unfortunately, that is one of the challenges that you have in business. I mean, I know for years, everybody kept on saying to me, oh, you'd make a great um, you know, coach and consultant, all those kind of things. But because I was with that company for over 20 years, you know, you've got you know, a comfortable salary, you've got a nice uh, redundancy payout if you do get it, a nice pension and all those kind of things that go with it. So it's quite hard to take that leap of faith and go, do you know what? forget all of that I'm going to go and take a leap of faith and I'm going to do what I really really love what inspires me what gives me joy what gives me passion and without taking that risk you never follow it through so that's why risk is so important to be able to live your purpose hello Matt I uh, was listening to a speaker just yesterday I think it was and they were talking about how 
when you have purpose, the risk is so much smaller than when you don't have purpose, right? If you're just out there going like, I think I want this thing. I think I'd like it. And I'm not really connected to myself. I haven't really made peace in myself yet. I don't know. Um, I don't have full control over my body and my mind and my spirit, but I think I want the thing. So I'm just going to risk everything to get the thing that quite often where that level of risk is huge. It's giant. Mm. It's a crapshoot, right? Yeah. But when you say, hey, this is who I am. This mm. is how I'm connected to myself. This is how I know how to be in control of my surroundings, my world, my emotions, my body, mind, and spirit. And so the amount of risk in taking that risk is so much smaller than mm. than the stab in the dark method, right? Oh, 100%. Because yeah. ultimately, you know, this is why I say with, you know, your, your purpose, it needs to be aligned with both your personal and your professional because they are 100% aligned. Because if there's one of them, that's off kilter and it's not aligned to your purpose and your values, then that then doesn't give you joy. When they are aligned, then, you, as you say, then the risk seems so much smaller. I mean, how many people have you seen that said they've just given up everything? I'm going, do you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to do this. And they make it happen. It doesn't matter what happens, they make it happen. And I mean, I know I had, you know, a while ago, I had the opportunity because I was still sort of working, growing my business and everything like that. It takes time, it's not overnight. Now, I could have gone back to doing full time work. I could have just gone, I'll go back to doing sort of, you know, going back to a corporate company and everything like that. And I was like, I'm not doing it. I 100% not doing it. If I've got to go and work over at the corner shop or behind a bar, I would rather do that. And I'm not saying that that isn't, um, you know, somebody enjoys doing it. I did it years and years I did that. I could have gone back to the corporate and be earning a good good salary, but it's just like it doesn't give me joy. And I'd rather carry on risking everything and making sure that I make this happen because it's what gives me joy. Yeah, you really bring up that that, that sense of purpose uh, gives us stick to itiveness, right? In the in the real world, that's what it sort of translates to is like, this is what I've decided. This is the direction I'm going and this is what I want. And so I am going to go and do it. And when, if it fails, when it fails, because everybody fails sometime, right? So when it fails, the question is, what do you do with yourself? Do you say, hey, you know what? That's my thing and I'm going to get it. Or do you say, ah, you know, that's not so good. Maybe I should go get that job in that sector that I don't really want to be in. Uh, and that isn't to say, I mean, of course, I know many people who have said, I'm going to go get it, but I do need that job uh, to fill in the the blanks in my um in my economy my personal economy but that's a really different thing than I'm not going after it anymore I've had it it's too hard I'm gonna just go get a job and that really is fueled by that sense of purpose and the energy the the coursing energy that we get when we foster those above the line emotions 
And so I love that you you bring that up. It has been such a pleasure to speak to you. Now, tell our audience, how can they get in touch with you and what you've got going on? So what I have is um, a link to my Calendly so you can have like a free discovery call and find out who I am. <laughs> so, nice. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you need to know who I am first before you want to have a deeper dive. I also have like a free daily stress tracker that I can share in a chat so you can start my monitoring yourself um which is quite useful to do over a period of time um and i can also um share with you the a link to my free facebook group which is for female executives and leaders and it just gives sort of insights and topics and snippets of information and some of the stuff that i teach and guide so um i can share those with you wonderful uh, so uh, we will, of course, link all of that on all of the platforms. We This particular podcast goes to YouTube, which we mm-hmm. love, and because I'm very visual. And my uh, first career was in sound, so I love all the other ones too. And it goes to all the major podcast platforms as well, as well as our particular website. So if you'd like to sign up, to get the notifications, you can do that at findingyoursparkagain.com. Also, uh, if you are interested in learning a little bit more about what your joyousness is, what is your level of joy, and how do you relate to that joyousness? Are you ready to be really getting some momentum in that area? Or are there things that you feel like are blocking that effort for you? You can definitely take the application. It's a really reflective uh, questionnaire where you get to see you, right? And you send it to me. And that's at joyousonpurpose.com. And that, of course, is linked below as well. And if you'd like to support the podcast, then you'll find a Buy Me a Cup of Coffee link below as well. So thank you so much for being here today with us. I feel like we brought a little bit more purpose and joy into the world, and that's because of you. Thank you, Keely. And thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. 